What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end Battle of Intercepted. Picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. And welcome into another edition of the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. It's been a couple of weeks because yeah. we've been busy. We are the Salty Dogs. We didn't do one kind of last week. We were off schedule to begin with, mm-hmm. and we wanted to get on a certain schedule. And, and we were going to Tennessee. We spent last yeah. week in Tennessee. Last week was and, and we were being lazy, let's be honest. We yes. I didn't want to haul everything up there. So, But now we're back to more of a, a schedule, so you can expect us every week. And we have, we'll have we try to get a guest every week. This week we're going to be talking to undrafted rookie inside linebacker Olukunle Fatukasi. I, I like how – I'm not even going to attempt to say it, but I like how you say it because it's like one one string of words. A lot of names letters. like that are – if you just look at them and pronounce the letters as they go, they're really not as hard All as right. they look. But um, he says his team is called 03. Yeah. I'm going with 03. 03, which I think might be his Twitter handle too. Yes, it is. So uh, so we're back. We're back from Tennessee, but it's not important that we're back, right, Jeff? What's the big story right now? Who else is back? Can't think of it? I, I, you know what? I did. I saw him in the hallway, and the only reason why I knew it was him is he had a water jug, yeah. and that was TB12. Yeah, he's, he's tall. Yeah. It strikes me every time I see him again how tall he is. Much taller than you think he is. Tom Brady um, finished his 11-day excused absence from the team. Um, it's listen, Honestly, I didn't know he was gone. <laughs> he missed five practices and a game that he wasn't going to play in. Nope. And probably with the way they're giving veteran days, he probably only missed yeah. like three practices he was going to take part in. Right. So he came right back yesterday. We're, we're talking on Tuesday. Uh, this was Monday, the first practice back. And by everyone's account, looked as sharp as ever, right on the money. Are you surprised by that? No, not. Of course. Not. I, I think that's a funny question because it's 11 days. It's exactly. like a bye week. You know, Jeff, you got to get le- – you got to understand. You have to at least put yourself in the shoes of some – Sports fan, NFL fan out there. You're talking about... A fantasy football type person wondering what's going on. You're talking about the biggest name pretty much in the history of football, right? And he does something that you... Unprecedented. That you haven't seen before. Right. A break in the middle of training camp, even though it was planned ahead of time. It was not announced. It was not announced until it was imminent. And so the greatest player of all time does something you haven't seen, of course it's going to be a story. It's understandable. I totally, But there was no worry in this building. No, and I totally get that. But you have to remember, too, is that 
when he was with the New England Patriots, of course I would be ragging about why he's not around yeah, right. and everything when else. He's not on your but team. now that he's a Buccaneer, hey, no problem. I like well, it. No harm, no foul. Assuming no. things continue to go well as they have been, he probably I think would play a little bit in the preseason finale. Well, usually I think just give him a little bit of a warm up. I think I think you're going to see the starters. That's my opinion. I haven't, yeah. but just because how the first preseason probably game not all went, of them, but. Right, but it was like the third, third string guys basically the first game, more of the second string mix and match, and this game, gosh, you know, uh, they haven't tackled. Some guys haven't hit yet. Yeah, you know, real, you know, real well, action. It's funny you say that because that's what how Todd Bowles explained. Leonard Fournette being one of the rare starters to play mm-hmm. in Tennessee because he, he says, I think a running back needs to get hit a little yeah, bit. Yeah, needs, needs to get, get bounced, bounced around. around. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I don't think we need Tom Brady to get bounced around. No, no. And then also you talk about the fact that that game is on August, what's the date today? 23rd? Yeah. it's and, the, So the game is the 27th, is it? 28th. No. no. Yes. 27th. Tuesday? Yes, 27th. Okay, Wednesday. so the game's the 27th and then you don't play again until September 11th. That's 15 days later. Mm-hmm. So you got to start thinking, okay, you throw Mike Evans into the game for a quarter to get him, you know, to give him some playing time before, but it's 15 days ahead. Is it, how much difference is that really going to make? My point being, I won't be shocked or disappointed if any particular starters don't play. If he plays some and not others, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Yeah, now I thought it was interesting the other night, uh, Buffalo and Denver played and Buffalo played their starters they put 45 points up on the board. They scored six straight times. Something, something crazy. <laughs> they were playing was, starters against backups. Yeah, it was 45 to 15. But, <laughs> but it, it's a each head coach has their own philosophy, and they're going to go with it. So I guess we'll know after this yep. game how much time they were in. But it is, it's kind of weird because you're used to four preseason games and only having three and two weeks in between games. That that is a long time. I kind of like that long break in between. It allows for a better transition from preseason and the cuts mm-hmm. into a, a full uh, regular season week. So, and speaking of cuts, that's the other thing. That's, today, right? There were Well, we only had to do one today, and that was um, tight end Bug Howard, who was we added like a week into camp. Um, he was waived injured. Mm-hmm. So that got us down to 80 because we had already put – we had already released um, uh, Vincent Smith, the wide receiver, and waived – uh, Troy Warner, the safety, on Sunday. Right. And then, unfortunately, on Monday, I'm sure everybody heard the unfortunate news that both Cam Gill and Aaron Stenny went on injured reserve. Yeah. And because they went on injured reserve before the cut to 53, they are not eligible to return at any point during the season. If they were if they were to be waived, injured at some point and were a free agent, they could sign with another team. But I don't think that's the case with these two guys. Pretty sure they have season-ending injuries mm-hmm. here. Um, Cam has a Liz Frank injury in his right foot, and that's kind of a troublesome injury. It's kind of the middle of your bottom of your was foot. It that, was that Levante David's injury at the end of the year? No, I don't think so. No. Um, but it's it, it's an injury to the bones and tendons in the middle of your foot, and there's a lot of them. And it, it's, a, it's a tough yeah. one to come back from quickly. And then, obviously, Aaron Stinney has the torn ACL and MCL, and that's, at the minimum, a nine-month injury. Yeah. So, um, And it's a shame for those two guys in particular because – this was a year where they both were staring at were probably going to be better more opportunities to play a lot more now than they had in their career. Cam Gill, who has been with the team for two years, which is pretty impressive for an undrafted guy out of Wagner, I believe. Mm. Um, not exactly a football factory. <laughs> uh, Putting it mildly. He's been good enough to stick for two years, and they like him enough that they were 
perfectly comfortable with without JPP, Joe Tryon Sharanka moves in the starting lineup with Shaq Barrett, and your three and four now are Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill. Who, by the way, had an awesome game. I got him on my list of somebody to talk okay. about. Okay, all right. So um, Cam Gill was going to be basically move from the fifth guy who played – he probably played about 70 defensive snaps the entire year last year and did have a sack and a half. And then um, he moves up to four, which was what Anthony Nelson's role was. So he was going to get to play more. And then, of course, Aaron Stenny was in the running for the left guard spot. Yeah. And I felt really bad for, for Stenny. He had, you know, had his opportunity during the Super Bowl run. That was good. Showed up, played yep. really, really well, came back and, um, you know, he was. It was kind of a freak play. It was. They always are. It, yeah, it was one of those. Like, are you kidding me? That's, he got rolled up on the back of his leg. Yeah. That's how they happen. Yeah, man. you just kind of. It's just you can't protect yourself from it. So the question now is, who's your left guard? And mm. at the moment, it looks like the leading candidate is second round rookie Luke Gedicki, who did start this past game. Aaron Stenny started at right guard yeah. before moving to left guard. And so now you start to look, and these are the people, this this fits right in with the Tom Brady conspiracy theories while he was gone. Yeah. That he's on dancing with, he's on. On Mask Singer. Mask Singer, yeah. or he's. Or Mask Singer. Or he's he's actually thinking about retiring because he doesn't like the. Which is a changes. show I've never seen. I have not, I never will. No. Uh, especially if Rudy Giuliani is on it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> they had, he was, did you know that? Uh, yeah, I did. They. He, people think that uh, Tom. Some people think Tom Brady's looking at this offensive line, which was phenomenal last year, but is switching at every interior defensive line, yeah. interior line position. Looking at, they're going, okay, I've got a second-year guy, Robert Hainsey, snapping, and I've got now I've got a rookie, Luke Gedeke, playing left guard. Yeah. But remember, these were second and third round picks. Correct. These were guys that the Buccaneers picked expecting them to be starters at some point. And it's possible they didn't know Luke would be starting this, this year. Although yep. when we drafted him, they made it clear he was right away going to be in the in the competition it, yeah. for the starting job. Right. Robert Hainsey, they liked him because he's versatile and they thought they could develop him as a center, which is what he did all of last year. And you have to you have to give credit to the scouting department. They found a couple guys that uh, could play O line rookie year and played. Listen. Know? And so and played well. These so. two guys are second and third round picks just like Donovan Smith, yeah. Ali Marpet, mm-hmm. Alex Kappa. That's what I mean. They That's found those guys, and those guys became starters quickly. I think Kappa had to wait one year, but Donovan and Ali were immediate And starters. everybody was dogging Kappa for a long time, except internally. Yeah. Well, everybody, yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying I know mm-hmm. that both Hainsey and Gedeke are going to be good, but this is not like some plan C here. This was... This, this possibility was planned for, and uh, important draft assets were thrown at it. But you do have to look at it cautiously and say, is is this the O-line that was there last year? No, well, but nothing ever is. They're down two of the three Pro Bowlers they oh, had last yeah. year. Yes. So it's not you, – you can't expect it to just immediately be firing on all the same cylinders, but there's reason to be confident enough. And also we found out last year that Tom Brady can operate very, very efficiently and productively – in an offense where you get the ball out quickly. Yeah. Which is something you may have to do a little yeah. bit more. Also, you now have Kyle Rudolph and Kate Otten and Coe Keefe, all tight ends who can block well. There you go. So you can do more you two got, tight end sets. You got Lenny in the backfield. You options. can run. There's lots of Oh, things. speaking of which, I know we're doing kind of stream of consciousness here. Sure. Don't we Rashad always? Rashad White looks amazing to me. Yes. Yes. He had. He did um, do, do well in the um, yeah. oh, I, Tennessee game. But you know what I mean. When I, He's done well in both games, and the stats weren't amazing in this last one, a little bit because um, 
a little bit because he he had a couple nice plays that were called back by holding penalties. Yeah, but he still looked very good on them. He looked like he knew where he was supposed to go. He he just kind of glides. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, so I don't want to yeah dwell on it too long. But he just glides. And here's what I would say, and especially prick up your ears if you're a Bucks fan and a fantasy football player, so you can check out here for a minute, Jeff. I would not be surprised if Rashad White becomes a relevant fantasy football player this year because it's starting to look like he's going to have a pretty decent role in the offense. Mm -hmm. Not just catching the ball, but catching the ball a lot, which if you're in a PPR league is huge. And I think he's going to get a decent amount of carries. I I just think he looks ready to go. Like, not trying to, to rip on something that's now gone now, but Ronald Jones got here. And it didn't go well right from the start, right? From the very, very, very beginning. And he had some good times, especially in 2000, most of 2020 regular season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had some good moments, right? Uh, It's a little bit in 2019, not as a rookie. Uh, It got better when when the new coaching staff got here. So he, but you look back and you go, well, that wasn't really probably what we expected to get out of a high second round pick. No, well, his speed really helped him out. The problem was when he got in the NFL, you couldn't, you didn't really see the speed because he couldn't hit the hole. So, well, yeah, and he he did some, but he he never really developed as a pass catcher or a pass protector. Mm-hmm. So that makes you a limited two down player. Um, he's in he's in Kansas City now, and we yeah, wish we'll him see well, him, and we're going to see him. Hopefully, you'll get a big uh, role in that offense. But it's a little different here with Rashad White. You know, again, also Keyshawn Vaughn, who's still here. Mm-hmm. Third-round pick. At this point, he hasn't played a ton, right? So it's still good to have him here. Maybe he'll have a bigger role this year. But he wasn't a guy that stepped in right away and got a big role. I'm just trying to figure out who's odd man out, if there is an odd I man I just out. feel like Rashad White is, to this point, seems different. Yeah. He seems like he's really hit the ground running and is going to have a better shot of getting an immediate role as a rookie than Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn did. The odd man out? You mean you think we're only keeping three? Well, if, if that's what it boils down to, because how many wide receivers are you going to keep? Yeah, well, either six so or now, seven. Yeah, so it becomes a number. And are you going to keep four tight ends so you can keep Co'Keefe? Yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's it, going to be a tough tough cut down. Now the good news is, as we've talked about before, though, is practice squad, so that's nice. Yeah, I, I think the guy you'd have to say right now, and simply because he's not playing, is Geo, Because he's been hurt and hasn't that's been what out I, there. Yep. If you can't get out back out on the field, then they're – they're going to have to go with the guys. Sure. Are. And I don't know how long that's going to be. And, and uh, he's a, he's a true pro and a vet. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely not writing him off. I'm just saying, if no. you're going to ask me the question, if they're only it's, keeping three backs, who's the odd man out, it'd be Gio because he's not on the field. Yeah. If you had to pencil someone as that now, person, I would the say, answer could be different a week from now. You're we'll right. see. But um, I don't think it's going to be Rashad White. That's for sure. But it, you might have to end up going to three because how it, to me, it's so hard to get down to six wide receivers right now. Oh, oh and before we – I just can't even keep on one topic for more than 20 seconds and before usually, something else. Usually it's me bouncing I around. I know, but I wanted to get to this at the top of the show right. when we were talking about Tom Brady returning because on Monday, not only did Tom Brady return, but in a very nice bit of synergy, Mike Evans returned to the practice field and, and practiced fully, yep. as Coach Bulls put it. Fully. And, and um, Chris Godwin – who has been ramping up slowly, took another step. They gave him the uh, – yesterday it was a black no-contact jersey. Today right. it was orange. I don't know yeah. if you saw that. It's the jersey that you put on a player that you want, that tells all his teammates, don't hit yeah. this guy. And I mean, if there's you, not a lot hitting anyone. And if you don't do, do it at all. And if you do, it solves a lot of who we're cutting today. <laughs> so <laughs> so he, did, he did that because he was going to take part in more of the team drills. Yeah. So it's another step forward. Todd it, Bulls, which is very exciting. Todd Bowles is not willing yet to mm. um, to say that he, he knows that 
Chris Godwin will be back for week one, but it's possible. It remains a possibility. It is. And even if it's week two or three, I think we feel good about it. And the unfortunate part, uh, unfortunate for us, fortunate for the player who does get released, is going to get picked up because the wide receivers are pretty pretty solid, and they would be a great addition to teams that are looking for wide receivers. I I read a Greg Allman article in The Athletic where he was trying to figure out uh, both the receiver situation and the the guard situation because Mm -hmm. while they're – we've been talking about this already, but while they are – they're happy with guys like uh, Gedeke and Hainsey and Nick Leverett and Brandon Walton. Todd Bowles did admit that now they're pretty thin, and if they had one more injury, then it would be a problem. So it's understandable why you would be thinking about trying to find some depth, maybe some experienced veteran depth, but Todd also said in that same answer that there wasn't anything out there for them right now. Not yet, but also you're getting to the exactly. final – you get final cuts, and all of a sudden you got a shot of – and. Again, we've talked about this. Sometimes you wait until the first week because then you don't have to pay a true yeah. veteran all the way out. Mark Dominic used to call it the eighth round of the draft, yeah. even though that's also what they call the, I don't know. the undrafted free agents. But that time when everybody cuts from 80 to 53, that's a lot of free agents. And some team like if if we don't do anything in a different way, and this is where I'll have to come back to the Greg Augman article yep. in, a, in a roundabout way, but if we don't do something like trade a guy or something like that, or if somebody doesn't end up on IR – we're almost certainly be cutting, going to be cutting at least one wide receiver who can definitely play in the yeah. NFL. So Amon's little bit of conjecture was, hey, Bucks have a bit of a surplus of receiver. Ravens don't have a ton of receivers, but yeah. have a bit of a surplus of guard. Could those teams so could you do out? a swap there or do you do a trade? Because, I mean, look at this, Jeff. And that's why I, was, I did the tangent to Mike and Chris coming back. Because uh-huh. the goal for your top four – is Mike and Chris and Russell Gage and Julio Jones, but obviously Mike and Chris were were both injured. And, I have to, and Russell st- Gage I, I have is to stop you out. for a second. You said Julio Jones, and I still have to shake my head and go, Julio Jones is the on Buccaneers. the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much everybody's accepted top four. Yep. So then from after that, if you're good, if you're trying to get down to six, you have to f- pick just two from Scotty Miller. Who I think has looked great, especially in those Tennessee joint practices. I think he helps himself on special teams. You know, he he's been seen as a gunner. We actually yep. saw some of that at the end of last year too. And I wasn't sure when I first saw it. I'm like, yeah, no, he's not very big. And has he ever tackled before? But I'll tell you, just the speed plays. He often. Well, don't he, forget against the Colts, he created that fumble. That's right. But I'm saying even on the plays where he didn't get the tackle, he got around the blockers yep. and sealed off his side, so the guy went the other way. Yeah. Um, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, who might be your punt and kickoff returner, has been improved this year. Much. Tyler Johnson's played a lot, made a lot of catches in the preseason. Um, Cyril Grayson, who has not been practicing because he's been injured, injured. But, but he he did some nice stuff for us last yeah. year. Yeah, but that's what you know. That's what hurts if you can't get on the field. Brashad Perryman, who has been injured uh, but is yeah. back in practice yep. now and and can play on special teams. Gosh. Uh, and even Devin Tompkins, who we continue to rave uh, about. Just, I'm pulling for him. I just, he, again, he's not the biggest guy, and that, that's why he didn't get drafted. Right. And that's why it may take a little time for some team, hopefully us, maybe somebody else, to to give the guy his, his he, shot. But he looks like he deserves it. Listen, he he may be short, but he sure plays big. He I put on a freaking show yeah. in the one-on-ones in the red zone I was just, Yeah, I was just going to say, that was, you know what, that was fun during, uh, you know, when people talk about joint practices. I enjoyed that much more than I enjoyed the game. Yeah, that game was not enjoyable. <laughs> no. You're right about that. 
So, I mean, but yes, he, he did do well one-on-ones and, and um, he's a student of the game. And I think that's helping yeah. him. So, I mean, and, and obviously you hope that you can, if you decide, okay, these are the six we're going to keep on the 53, but we really like these two or three others. You hope you can get them back on the practice squad, but there's no guarantee because other, other teams have seen these guys play. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not like you put him on the practice squad and you can hide him. Not any, you can, not anymore. I'm really rooting for Devin Tompkins because he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's really fun. I mean, in he's that, good guy too. You know, yeah, he came on with us. Yeah, in that one-on-one period, I mean, he's making catches where I, our great photographer Kyle got some shots of him that were like half his body is above the defender. He's, mm-hmm. He jumps so high, and then he's got great control and hands up there, and he made like four straight. In, Insane catches in that period, and it was really cool. And and the Tennessee players were talking to themselves as they walk away because after he two feet touched the ground, you're looking down now, and I'm going, what? <laughs> there was one where he ended up landing on the defender. Yeah, but I think that would have been ruled out of bounds. Yeah, I was the in the end. It was, was yeah, I was in the end zone. It, the it defender was, was yeah. lying on the sideline right. of the end zone, and he fell on him. So I think by rules, since he was partially out of bounds, that would have been yeah. out of bounds. But uh, what did you think of Tennessee? Did you enjoy the trip? I did, I'll say I, this. It was awfully nice being back on the team playing, wasn't it? Oh, don't even. I <laughs> just like, wow. I forgot. You for know. those who don't know who might be listening, we've Jeff and I, for many, many years, of course, like most staff, yeah. have been flying to away games on the team plane. But COVID changed that. Right. And uh, so after two seasons of wandering in the wilderness, we're, the, we're back on the we're team back plane. On. And it's just so much more convenient. It was, what, there, it was not a couple things that were convenient. A, it was really easy to just drive to the airport park, walk on the tarmac, get on, well, go through security, but it's fast security. Get on the plane. You get there. You get on a bus. You go to the hotel. Going to the game, you get on a bus. That's the best and, part. And you drive underneath. And yes, it, you don't and, have to go through. And as, gate, as, we're walking, gate. as we're driving through, I'm looking over in Tennessee, and I'm looking how far the media parking lot is, <laughs> and it's raining. And I'm just kind of going, wow, this, boy, that would have sucked get underneath and as we were waiting to go through security i looked at my crew and i said did i we're said back baby yeah i well basically i said i said isn't this nice and i said i was thinking about the parking lot and they all go so were we we were going that would have sucked to have to walk that far but it was it was uh um very pleasant so that's how my trip started yes it was good uh, you know what there was i found out something that guess there are still some states that allow smoking in certain establishments. Well, we certainly have figured that out. <laughs> we, we went to a little dive bar we, near, near our hotel, yeah. and man. We went down to a dive. It, it was great. I had we so had a good mu- time. Oh, that was the best. It had pool tables and a foosball table, not a legitimate one. It was one. not a legitimate It was small. Had it been. Had was, a Steelers sticker on it, so that kind of. It was too small. It wasn't, it wasn't a real foosball table. But it would have destroyed all of you in foosball. It was funny. You had It was like 30 years ago or, or longer because probably you could still smoke in the mid-'80s. You could you could smoke in restaurants that time they had smoking non-smoking i think it was and this place did serve food and they did serve food the tables had ashtrays on them (laughs) but but when we first walked in you thought you went into a fog and it It was amazing i I thought it it was cleared up a little bit well i think they kicked the air conditioner on plus i counted there were only seven people in there but they were smoking like one of them was smoking But, I just didn't know that there were establishments you could do that yeah. in anymore. And, Maybe there aren't in Florida. I don't and, know. And if you're keeping score, and Scott is, he t- took me three out of two games, or two out of three games, was that? At pool? Yeah, at pool. But I think you scratched on the eight ball. I oh. did. I did. So but I that, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was, it was, it was fun just to. Foosball would have been better. I know, but it wasn't legitimate, and you wouldn't have played Do you remember it. what I told you guys that night? 
about foosball? No, I said there were two things that I, I firmly believe that I'm you, not that talented beyond writing. You said this there is two what, things I think I know, I'm better and, than 99 and, percent of the population. And, I, at. and and the one I don't know, the other one I just laughed at. One was. You're the best driver ever in the world. I didn't and, say that. And the other one is foosball. your gr- foosball. And we all laughed when you said driving. I am a great driver. <laughs> I am a fantastic driver. I'm saying with a straight face that I play yeah, but foosball I and I drive can. better than 99% of the population. I, I can't with a straight face say you're a great driver. <laughs> that second here, the second half of that, the, the other half of that, Jeff, is that I am of the opinion that when you're on the road about – Nine out of ten people are terrible drivers. They're well, just terrible. So it's not a high bar to clear. You're not. You're, you don't think you're one out of the nine. I think why you're saying that is because I'm. I, I have a somewhat aggressive form of driving. <laughs> yes, you do. But you can be an aggressive driver and a good driver. I guess. Yes. That's not probably what the government would no, tell you. No, no. But you no, know, you did say that. But we have to full disclosure. When you did say that, everybody laughed. The t- at me. Yeah, the table laughed. There so. was there was uh, there was five of us, and I was uh, I was I think the lone person who uh, felt yeah. that that was it was a you know, and that was one of the nice parts about the road trip was you know. Going out with just a couple of guys and and being guys shooting pool, laughing. Oh, you know where and the, have a good time watching sports on TV. And the night before, I was the long, the one man out too. Yeah, three out of four people loved this Indian restaurant. Manit in Shohan's restaurant. Yeah, she's a she's a well. I've seen her a million times because I like those cooking shows like Chopped, and she's yep. she's a well known judge on a lot of those shows. And and uh, we went to experience. it was a highly regarded restaurant of hers it was in very good. Nashville, and my three companions all loved it, and I didn't like it at all. No, so I am not in any way saying it's not a good restaurant. I'm saying I apparently don't like that kind of food. Yeah, yeah. You went. Uh, let's just say you went. The non was great. Yeah, you went all in. You went all in. Like, yeah, I'm going to try it. I thought I was going to love it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Indian food, but I did want to try it, and I was very, very pleased. Okay, that so I there went. you have yeah, it. If you're I was listening very, and you're very trying pleased. to decide to go there. It is good. If oh, you like Indian food, it is good quality. And it's and you don't have to just have curry in your food. That's not just Indian food. Right. You know, I, people, didn't, I, pe- didn't, I didn't think that. Or no, that. but a lot of people do. And so, no, it was it was a great experience. I wanted to try but it. Did Scott, it. Scott didn't like it. Scott didn't like it. No. All right. Uh, but on. I will say this. Before we go any further, it was probably one of the best Uber rides I've had in a long, <laughs> it long time. It was a good Uber ride. And the reason why I say that is uh, the Even guy. On the way back. Right? On the way back. Uh, the gentleman who who picked us up and was taking us back happened to like fantasy football. Yes, and, oh, I'm surprised you like that. Oh, uh, it was great listening to it. It was like so much fun and and so of you're course being sarcastic at this point, I believe. No, what I lo- no, I'm I'm telling you, it was fun. What I loved the best about it was the guy's talking about fantasy. Well, he he found out where we work, so then he had to say, "Oh, I played ball." Well, anybody who played ball in college they're going to tell you and mm-hmm. and you asked where and i can't remember it was um carson newman carson newman and he says carson newman and scott goes oh yes i know carson newman uh, we had a we had a player there on a the running Bucks. back yeah running back and this guy got so excited you know and it was vernon turner was vernon and when turner. you and when you said that i vernon turner was awesome well we know what vernon turner's famous for right in his career, he run back first history of punts first in the Buc- Buccaneer punt history of punt touchdown return in 1994 yes. against the Lions, I believe. Yep. You know who else I saw this weekend was George Stewart. I'm I saw George from the field and I couldn't get down. I wanted to go see him because he was he was special teams coach I think underneath Sam or tight ends coach special teams. Yeah, he might have done both, but he definitely started yeah. special teams. Yeah, I think he's working for the league now. I think that's correct. Yeah, I saw him. I guess maybe in the press box or something. Oh, darn. Um, and uh, the reason why we bring that up, for anybody who doesn't know, is we were just talking about Vernon Turner. 
and it was 1994, and that's what 18, like the Bucks' 19th season, and they famously had never returned a punt or or a kickoff kick for a touchdown. Vernon Turner got the first one and returned it for a touchdown, and it was against Detroit, I'm pretty sure. And I could still picture it because George Stewart went running all the way down yep. the sideline. And almost by the moment that Vernon ran into the end zone, Stewart was there and he was hugging him in the end zone. Because everybody knew what a momentous occasion sure, it was. Sure, sure. Well, what was interesting about and, – and I know Scott thinks I'm not being very nice about fantasy football. But, I don't care. But I like, I like how passionate – People who are in fantasy football are about it, and this this Uber driver was so into it, and I couldn't believe how he was in some leagues that I know you and I don't under. I mean, I definitely don't understand, but they were pretty expensive leagues. He was in a yeah. couple of them. Well, we so he was he was a diehard guy. Yeah, I don't think I would ever play in those high money leagues yeah. anyway, um, because that's not really what I'm in it for. You know. Yeah. I just it's fun, and I, I don't mind winning a little bit of money. But also, as an NFL employee, I'm not allowed to win more than two hundred fifty dollars. Right. In a fantasy league, which so that's about where we set the things. bar. And if and if I happen to be in one where the guys want to do a little more, and it was four hundred, I would just take yeah, the two fifty and, and, yeah. and throw the other one fifty back into next year. Yeah. It. But it was fun, and it was kind of interesting because it the it wasn't a long drive, but it, at least it, it killed the silence. He was he was a kind it, of a upbeat, happy guy. Yeah, very very animated. So that was good. But I did. Um, so we did Indian food. Oh, you know what I did love? I loved uh, smack your mama chicken. That was the best. So so the team the team brought in. We got back from the practice on the second day or the first. Uh, day? It was Thursday, so that'd be the second. And day. waiting for us at the on the curb at the yeah. hotel were three food trucks. Yeah, it was one cool. that had pizza, which was really good. Very good. And one that was smack your mama chicken. Yep. I didn't have any of that. And then the other one was ice cream. You made your own ice cream sandwich. Yeah, I just looked at the ice cream. I did not have I had any. a root beer float. I know, I heard. I wanted, I, I walked to that truck three times and walked away from it. You know it. what I, I discovered about that? The root beer float? Yeah. Root beer floats are not as good as I remember them being. Well, when you're a kid, no, Fruit Loops aren't as good as That's either true. right now either. I haven't had one in a, in a, in a millennium. Yeah. And it just sounded refreshing. And it was just kind of... I mean, it was soft-serve vanilla ice cream, which that part was good, but when I was well, done you, with that, it was just some root beer. You, we used to call them black cows. I've heard that. Yeah. You're, you're a Midwestern kid. But, yeah. but you know, they did use A&W root beer, so I give them props that for that. That has that frosty muck taste. Uh-huh. That. A and, it's a good <laughs> ad when you can I, remember I, it decades <laughs> later. A&W root beer has that frosty muck taste. And they really didn't, they just repeated that line like five times, and that was a commercial. <laughs> it worked. Yes. <laughs> I will say this. Scott breaks into songs a lot after a I couple do. of beers. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I break into song all the time. When I hear a phrase that reminds me of a song, I just sing it. That's, that is what it is. That is. So one thing that we mentioned we were going to talk about earlier that we haven't yet, and I want to give this guy his sure. due, is Anthony Nelson. Oh. He's looking really good. He's looking great. If you're looking for a guy who could be your breakout player, I'm going to throw somebody else out later during the fans' questions. Okay. But uh, on the one here – Anthony Nelson could be a breakout player for us this year. And you think about the fact that he had huge momentum at the end of last year. Yeah. JPP wasn't playing much, so he got a lot more snaps. He had a sack in each of the last three games. Had like five quarterback hits in that period. And he had five sacks in the last half of the season. And it looks like he's taken the momentum and rolled right into mm-hmm. 2022 with it because he looks really good out there. And, um, and this is a fourth-round pick from four years ago. Right. That just – he's – it's taken time for him to get much of an, a an opportunity. And he was injured for a good portion of his rookie year. And then he's been playing behind Shaq and JPP, 
who don't come off the field very much. And then right. last year we drafted a we used our first round pick on a player at his position. And Joe is kind of jumped ahead of him in the in the pecking order because he's the starter. Right. He's very talented. But this Anthony Nelson is he I could see him if he he's the third guy in the rotation now, which means he's gonna play a lot. And they love how he plays against the run. They always have. It's funny because Todd Bull says he's the only guy he's ever coached or scouted that has he's never seen him get fooled by a bootleg. Yeah. To which Anthony Nelson, somebody pointed that out to him. He said, yeah, well, at Iowa, we did tons of bootlegs <laughs> on offense. So I saw I, it all the time. When they asked him that, I was waiting for him to go, what's a bootleg? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, if he can give some pass rush juice yeah. in addition to that, and he's a high energy guy. And he looks in really great shape, He's very too. tall, yeah. so he can block passes. Mm-hmm. So it's a guy that I think um, has stepped up and answered the bell this preseason, and I think you're you're going to end up being as happy with this rotation as you were when it was Shaq and JPP and whoever else was running yep. third at the time. So you agree. You think he's looked good. I think he looked awesome. We've talked about yeah. the guys. I thought – but he's been a sleeper, though. You know, he's just he, he's worked really, really hard, and he's taken advantage of his opportunities mm-hmm. when they've come his way. Well, and this, he's going to potentially have another one because if he does do quite well this season, he hits free agency yeah. and is going to be is going to get a decent contract, whether from us or somebody else, and that's great. It's like Jordan Whitehead. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of covered the – I thought, unfortunately, I would have brought – Well, we did bring Carl back. We did bring Carl back. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. No, we didn't. Because that happened while we were in Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, it started the motion before we left. Actually signed when we were in Tennessee. He just flew to Nashville and signed his contract. I love it. I love it. So Carl Nassib, uh, anybody that doesn't know, played for the Bucs 2018 and 19. Mm -hmm. He was a third-round pick by the Browns a few years before that. It was kind of a surprise cut. They were on Hard Knocks that year. Yeah, he was a star in Hard Knocks talking about how to Financial stuff. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Surprise cut, I think, of the third-round picks. The Bucs got him off waivers. And uh, he was instantly good for us. And that was good because I think Noah Spence wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. We might have had an injury or two. So he ended up playing a ton and had six sacks in Dirk Cutters last year, which was when um, Coach Mike Smith was the defensive coordinator to start the year and was later replaced by Mark Gardner, was it? I think. And then the next year came in Bulls with, obviously, with Bruce Arians as the head coach. Fit well in that defense also. They liked him a lot. He had six, six sacks, I think, 6.5 the year before. Then he got a free agency contract in Las Vegas, where he's been the last couple of years. Yeah. Las Vegas. Hey, like a $20 million deal. Las Vegas let him go after two seasons, and so he was a free agent. He was out there all this time because he said he was kind of being choosy yeah. with his waiting for the option he wanted. And then the Bucks hadn't called at all, but when Cam Gill went down, they did. And it's just it's a perfect fit because he already knows the defense. The Bucks like the way he plays in the defense, mm-hmm. and he should be able to get up to speed pretty quick. He almost had a sack. He just yeah. went by him. A lot of guys almost had a sack yeah. in that game. yeah. Crazy. I don't know if Malik Willis is going to be good, but he but sure he's can hard run. To tackle, that's for sure. <laughs> well, he's going to be good for a little bit, and then it's like all running quarterbacks, they're good for a little bit, and then somehow defense has figured out how to cage him in. So, so they figured out Lamar Jackson. Well, we're going to find out. I don't think anybody's figured out him yet. Well, they always seem to get stopped when they hit the playoffs. That's right. That's so, true. so someone's figured him out. They figure him out in the playoffs, but yeah. I mean, over the course of of a full season. Well, if you're gonna he, if you're gonna take a if you're gonna play a team twice and you play them once in the regular season and once in the postseason, I take the win in the postseason. Kind of like us with the Saints. Uh yeah, and also Kansas City. So that's right. That they both have. They did. So what else you got? I think we got it. We talked about Rashad White. Yep. Um, we actually have a lot of fan questions this week. I'm excited. I am excited about that. I think we should probably just go ahead and get to our interview then. So okay, we can, we, can, we can do that. You got anything else you need to bring mm, up? I think we covered all anything of Anything else you want to say I'm not good at when I really am? No. Like driving? 
Which I'm really good at. Just, I I have nothing to say. I would, I would not. I just can't keep a straight face when you say it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I've had one accident. Scott, don't don't do that because that's a fender. I'm all about karma and putting stuff out there. Okay, knock on your head. Um, there you go. Excellent. All right. All right. On that note, let's get out of here, and I'll go get Olakunle Fatukasi, and we'll have a chat with him, and then we'll get to fan questions. You do well with that. You notice I didn't, even, I didn't even attempt Practice. It. I, yeah. All right. Go get him. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith with Jeff Ryan. I didn't let you say your own name. I time. know. I appreciate and that. We are now joined by our special guest of the week, Rookie inside linebacker Olakunle Fatukasi, thank you for your time. I know you got meetings coming up soon, so we'll get you out of here in, in 10 minutes like we planned, but we're really excited about letting the fans hear a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, let's start out with how, it, how you ended up here. I'm sure you probably had a couple options. What was it about Tampa that, that drew you here? Um, how I ended up here, well, of course I was undrafted, right. so I had a couple spots, and Tampa was one of them. And I looked up the uh, scenario, which one is best for me, and – me and my agent and my family talking, and we, f- we felt like Tampa was the best option. Was it a good scheme fit? Yeah. Like the 3 4? And are you playing Mike or Mo or both? I'm playing Mike and Mo. Okay. I'm playing Mike and Mo. And plus, Coach Bo is drafting my older brother. That's right. On the Jets. So I feel like everything, like it all fits in. Very cool. Since he's done so well, you figure Todd Bowles is going to help you out also. Your brother's now with the uh, Jets. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what, so what do you think of Tampa so far? It's great. The city is great. The team is not great. Like environment, <laughs> everything. The coaching staff, the organization is really like is doing great by me. Great everywhere. Like the way they treat it is like really professional. It's hot though, right? You're a Brooklyn guy, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm from Queens. Queens, far okay. Away. Oh, went you went to, to high school. Yeah, I went to high school in Brooklyn. Well, you know, uh, everything's going great. Everything's going great. I, the game against Tennessee things went great for you yes. how about that game how did you feel about it I felt it felt great to play in that game second game of the season NFL my career and just have the mindset just gotta go and just gotta go and make plays play fast yeah with Levante and Devin not playing the first couple of games you've had a ton of snaps yeah. and you've really done a lot with them you had the 1.5 sacks in the last mm-hmm. game you got 15 tackles some other stuff so uh, after the second game coach Bull said that you were you had major presence felt. Did you see that line? Oh, uh, yeah. That's, you got to like hearing <laughs> yeah. that from the head coach, mm-hmm. right? So, overall, since the start of camp, the games, how do you feel it's all going for you? Um, I treat it like every day, ever since I stepped in the building. Like, doesn't matter what I do the day before, the week before. I'm still going to come in with a fresh new mindset and attack the day the best I can. Did you play better than you thought you were going to play in tennis against Tennessee? Oh, yeah. I just – I didn't even know. I was just going to go there and just play and do – do what I'm supposed to do and just play ball. And after the game, somebody told me that my stats. I'm like, dang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, I mean, you had a sack and a half, and yeah. that guy was hard to get down. Mm-hmm. You got you. You look like you, the defense looked yep. like he had about ten sacks, but mm-hmm. he was really. Was he just? Is he strong? Is he elusive? Why was he getting away? You know, when you have a when you're chasing a fast QB, it's just added another game, another element to the game. So you gotta like slow down, get oh, him. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Keep contained. Yeah, contained. Well, that's what I was going to say. When you say you're playing fast, you have to know the scheme to be able to play fast. Oh, yeah. So when now you're saying you had to slow down a little bit. Is there that very fine balance between playing fast and knowing where to go? Yeah. So when you played against Tennessee, it was just 
play fast and don't worry about it? No, you, no I, I, yeah, you're not. I just, yeah. To like to um to break it down, somebody told me like if you know once you like play it slow okay. when you're playing slow to when you know it looks like you're playing fast you okay. know what i mean so yeah. okay so I if you know it. if you know where you're supposed to go you're playing fast yeah so you know you're not thinking a lot you're just going yeah i've heard that phrase the game slows down for yeah, you game slows down. and and it's so it's slowed down for mm-hmm. you yeah what do you think of levante david you know he's been here he's the elder statesman here and has been such a good player for so long um he's a great guy great leader um we got some of the a little bit of the same history because you know he was got, he got drafted by Shiano, right. and yeah. I was yeah. coached by Shiano for two years. So there's a lot of coaching styles right. we both come together with, and it's kind of funny how we just talk about it. Did Greg tell you anything about Greg Shiano? Tell you anything about coming down here? Oh yeah, he's just you know he told me how about how Levante. He's a great great player. Yeah. Learned a lot from him. Like he taught him a lot. So ever since I got here, I'm trying to learn as much as possible from Levante. I'm sure he brought up you and I and said we're a great guys. So make sure you sit down and do that interview. <laughs> so you've got your football really runs in your family, right? You yeah. talked about your brother. Is his name Fularunzu? Fularunzu. Fularunzu. Who's now with the Jaguars? And then you have another brother. Yeah, yeah. goes to UConn. No, my brother, my older brother. Oh, the other one to UConn. Your other one's going to Rutgers. Yeah, Bowl, Bowling Green. Bowling. Oh, Rutgers. Oh, Bowling Green. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that West- Scotty School? Is that where Scotty went? To school? I believe it is. Yeah. Um, you have an interesting family history. Yeah. And um, Hurricane Sandy um, took away your house. Mm-hmm. You well, guys lost your house and you ended up living in a hotel for a long time. One room, five people. Mm-hmm. That's called tightness, family togetherness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that. How that how that developed you. Um, like when that scenario happened, that part of my life, it was just hard because like you said, we was in a motel for like a couple months for five of us, two beds, and we just had to figure out a way. And we didn't really have that much clothes because, you know, all our clothes was messed up from the flood. We didn't have that much money, food, all that. But you, so you just wake up with being grateful for what you got. And, like, I didn't, like, you just, because, you know, you thought it's like, it was like a movie. Wow. You know, but you, you were like, living it. You were just living it and just had to go to a different, my school was in a different site because my school was flooded. And you just had to like, thank God because, because we live past that and now, but there's people that live like that every day. That's right. So I'm always grateful for what I got. And a lot of that comes from your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about your mom a little bit. She's like the force in the family. Oh yeah. My mom, like it's four of us men in the house and she's <laughs> the only woman, but we all. Who's the boss? <laughs> my mom, you know, we all buy down. We all we all buy, do everything for our mom, for my mom, and like I look, I look, I really look up to her because she gives everything she got. Like she keep give. She's a giver. She give, give, and when she don't have anything else, she trying to her best to give her more. Like, and isn't it? I I read somewhere, and and you can help me with this with your mom. Wealth is only good if you use it to help others. Mm-hmm. That's her philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, so you're brought up. You've been brought up that way. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have a charitable event right now, or are you just focused on football right now? Um, I don't think wealth is just all about money and stuff. Mm. So, like, I'm still, I'm still learning more about football knowledge. I'm gaining more knowledge, and I'm still spreading it out to the people back at home, my college teammates, my little brother. So I don't think wealth is just only so money. it's just paying forward. It's information, just, paying forward, just yeah. information, anything you knowledge. need, knowledge, resources, 
anything. Has your mom, uh, your mom and dad, your dad's a retired uh, accountant. Mm-hmm. Your mom and dad have, have they've come to Florida yet? To yeah, check they it came out? to Tampa. They went. To, they came to the um, the Miami game. Okay. Yeah. And what they think? They, they love it. They love Tampa. Yeah, they're ready to move down. Yeah. You know, they, they're telling you guys to stick. So both you and your brother in Florida, they can choose whether they want to go to Jacksonville Beach yeah. or might get in Orlando. Right. Oh. <laughs> Split well, we, the difference. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, we can't keep you much longer because you got a meeting. But just to bring it back to football real quick before we go, um, you talked about how somebody showed you your stat line after the Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. You're like, well. Something a lot of people probably didn't notice was you also had to stop on special teams. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very important for you right now. Yeah. I mean, is do you feel that part of your game is developing well? Because for a guy in your position, he's probably going to have to contribute on special teams mm-hmm. at the beginning of his career, right? Yeah. Um, at first, you know, special teams is way different from – it's not like punt is different from college yeah. in a league. Yeah. So I had to get adapted to the new style of punt right. protection, how I'm doing it now. So, you know, I got together with Coach Keith and trying to, like, learn. Even though I was messing up in the beginning, I was just trying to learn. Like, Excellent. I'm trying. And so I'm getting I'm getting better in, in the punt protection. Excellent. Jeff, good? I think we are. We're right there. And I know you're up against the clock, and you got to get lunch before you go to special teams <laughs> meeting. Okay. So we're going to let you go we do that. We very much appreciate your time. Thank I'm glad you. it's going very well for you. And good yes. luck in the, in the weeks ahead. Thank you. I appreciate it. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here for one final segment on this week's Salty Dogs podcast. Yeah. I can say Olakunle Fatakasi, but I can't say Salty Dogs. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. Speaking he, of listen, dogs, he had a hard time saying his brother's name, so I'm full of Ronzu. Well, I think he was trying to correct me because yeah. I think I said full of Ronzu, and it's more like full uh, of Ronzu. Yeah. Um. Great story though. Great family. Oh three. That's, that's what three. we call him. Oh yeah. three. Speaking of dogs. Yeah. One of our press conferences after practice today featured a dog. That was cool. As Logan Ryan has a foundation mm-hmm. to ad- help adopt uh animals which is to help people do so sure uh through which he has a program called good pup yeah i think that's what it and was. it's helping people see i think as he was explaining it when they give dogs up for adoption the humane society or whatever they really don't they the, the scenario they don't want is the, the people returning the dog because yeah. it's not working out correct so they help them with training yeah because most people don't know how to train. I don't know how to train a dog. Right. We, we got some help when we got our rescue dog. Sure. Um, and it gives you four weeks of training to help you adapt to your dog and right. your dog adapt to the new it's environment. Obviously, animals are obviously near and dear to his heart. He, yeah. he held a, a good girl named Cora on his yeah. lap. That's lap. a really nice dog. A very pretty black terrier mix. Yeah, it was, it was a mix and it was an older dog. Five years. Yeah. It's not too bad. Uh, pretty gentle. Considering how many yeah. people were around. Sat on his lap without any problem. No. Um, and she's not really a lap dog. She's a little bigger than that. Yeah. About 50 pounds. But, but he's a big guy, so he uh, can do but that. But she was very curious while we were waiting for practice to end. She wanted to sniff everything. So uh-huh. um, I don't know if anybody out there is listening is on the fence, but if you go to the Humane Society of Tampa Bay, yep. uh, Logan Ryan's program will help. I think he called them scholarship dogs. Yeah. So if you get one of those, yeah. they'll help you with that transition. And there will be there'll be a story on uh, – on uh, bucks.com on the Buccaneer app because they were taking pictures. They all, that okay. was uh, well, from hope, our community impact. I hope Bree is writing that story because I wasn't planning to. I, uh, <laughs> it's going to the dogs. <laughs> I'm shooting the, uh, I'm recording the Salty Dogs podcast. Yes. Way more. Important. Way more. But it's another dog, so continue. Anyway, that's it, it, that's a good um, segue because Logan Ryan is mentioned in this first question, which is from Glenn in Spring Hill, Florida. 
Ye old salty ones. Mm. Glenn from Spring Hill, Florida here. See, I told you. I know. Love the show, two exclamation points. Been a Bucks fan since 1980 and love the stories you guys share. So my question is, how do you see the secondary starting lineup looking this season? I like the idea of ball hawking Mike Edwards getting a shot as a full-time starter. I know we may end up seeing a lot of five DBs on the field this season. True. So how do you guys see it shaking out with the additions of Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal? Since you did, thanks for reading. Go Bucks. Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. Well, okay, I would say what it's going to be is more multiple than it was before. Yeah, uh, Jordan White had departed in free agency, and we kind of knew what we had with the old group. It was basically the six main guys were Antoine, Jordan, Antoine Winfield, Jordan Whitehead, Mike Edwards as the safeties, then Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, and Carlton Davis as the corners. Carlton Davis, one of the league's best corners, yep. kind of locked down one we- side. Bit of a bit of back and forth between Jamal and Sean, who played outside more. There were injuries involved as well. Who played in the slot, um, and then at the safety, Antoine's on the field all the time. Jordan was on usually started and played more, but Mike Edwards would come in sometimes in more passing right. situations. Now I think you're going to see more variety because Logan Ryan and Antoine Winfield in particular give you a ton of versatility back there. So what we've seen a lot on the field in training camp, not in games because they haven't played yet, well, Logan has, but Antoine hasn't, is there are times when we're going to have Antoine Winfield in the slot. Mm -hmm. And Todd Bowles said today they like him in the slot because he's very physical down there, which you need to be because you're in the mix. You're in the wash with all those big players. He's a very good blitzer, which is great that it's like Rondé Barber out of the slot. And he's a great cover guy. So it's a great thing to put in the slot. So you're going to see some of that. We don't know yet what our predominant – Defense is going to be, but you're going to see some of that. And when that happens, Logan Ryan comes in on the field. He can play safety, but yeah. also at times you could put Logan Ryan in the slot because he's done that as well. It's going to be a lot of mix and, and match to confuse right. the offense because they're not going to be sure what's going to happen depending on who's in there. So yeah. you, you will have looks with all three of those safeties on the field, um, but you have to think of them not necessarily as safeties, just more like, like Antoine Winsfield yeah. or just like a DB at this yeah. point. Yeah, they're players. And then – Carlton's obviously still set, and we have seen more of Sean Murphy bunting so far with the first team, mm-hmm. but I believe that's a bit of a battle with him and Jamel Dean. And I find it hard to believe, unless there's health issues, that they're not going to find a way to use all three of those guys. Uh, yeah, I know. That's what I was just about so to say. So that's why I say yeah. it's going to be multiple. We're going to see a lot of different stuff. And I think that's good because guys are going to remain fresh. Well, and let's keep let's use all the talent that we have. And sure. You know, we've, we've been saying for a long time, a lot of people have been saying that Todd Bowles is a great coach at, at utilizing his players' strengths and putting them in position to succeed. And when you're when you're switching players out, that makes the offense have to think twice, and that's what it's about. So that'll be fun. So to watch. yeah, but the Glenn's point here is, yeah. oh, and we didn't mention Ken O'Neill. That gives you some other options. He's more of a Jordan Whitehead type that up in the box as a thumper, probably your most physical tight end. Yeah. I mean safety, and they'll try to get him on the field. And of course, as we've seen in recent years. The DBs don't usually make it through the, the year unscathed, so right. you're going to use that depth. Uh, but Glenn's point was he likes seeing Mike Edwards on the field more, and the way things are working out, he's a full-time player now. Yeah, it, it's crazy how he gets the ball, though. He has like seven interceptions, including the playoffs in the last two years, and he's yeah. played less than half of the snaps of guys like Antoine Winfield and Carlton Davis. Yeah, he's that guy. Just So you want him on the field as much as possible in that role. And he and the coaches both say that his tackling has improved, which is what kept him kept, off the field. Yeah. 
So yep. it's not an issue. So he's one of the smarter d- defensive players on the we team. We got a lot of smart players. Yeah, but he's one of the even. I mean, as smart as all they all are. I, I've heard yeah. coaches say many times. Oh, is that right? He totally understands where everybody's supposed to go. Oh, good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you'd think if you're a ball hawk, how how do you become a ball hawk? It, if you don't, if you yeah, you can't anticipate where the ball's going. <clears throat> right. You, that's what you do. That's sure. why you're a ball hawk. Right. You see things you well, see, anticipate where the play is going. Yeah. There you go. All right. Next question. Uh, great to see the Salty Dogs pod back in action. Yay. Thanks. After the season, we always hear about the injuries that lingered all year, even though a player was on the field. Uh, for example, Levante, JPP, mm-hmm. SMB last year. Does that make you worry about early injuries like the hamstrings for Evans, even though he likely doesn't miss week one? Thanks. Alex C. from Wichita, Kansas. Oh, Wichita. I've been there. I have not. Yeah. I was having this discussion with somebody because, like, I don't know if I've been in Kansas, even though I spent a – of an NFL season in Kansas City. City, yeah. I, I lived in Kansas City, Missouri, and I don't remember if I crossed the border or not. Yeah. Um, as hamstrings, you know, Mike's been prone to hamstrings, so. They usually haven't kept him out for a long time. No. And we heard earlier in the pod, I assume you heard, that Mike's back in practice sure. now. You, you obviously take a very cautious approach in August with a Mike Evans hamstring. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a game, you in a season, you push a little bit more. Sure. There's just no point. That could so, be That could be a training camp hamstring injury. But I think – the point that Alex is making here is that it's after the season or at the start of the next season when you hear, well, you know, Levante David really wasn't at 100%. Yeah. He was more like 70%. But a lot of times it's not the whole season. Like Alex is portraying it here like these players were hampered by injuries the whole season, which was the case for Sean because he got hurt in the very first yeah. game. But I think Levante's was more like the second half of the season. Yeah, And then – JPP was actually kind of healthy to start last year, but then he got hurt again. There's not a player healthy at the end of the season unless it's the backup quarterback. (laughs) He's the only healthy player. So there's just no – I guess the point is there's just no point in worrying about it. What can you do about it? No, you just – well, that's why they can play. That's, you know, there's a a difference between playing hurt and playing injured, or there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. Most players are hurt through the season. Yeah. I guess you could turn this question around and say, actually, it's a reason for optimism because some of these guys, like Levante, are in a position to have a better season mm-hmm. than he had last year because mm-hmm. at least at the moment he's fully healthy, knock on wood again. Right. Um, yeah, so it's just a fact of life. And it's also a fact that a lot of players are dealing with injuries that we just don't ever get to hear much about. Mm. And there's just not a lot of point in talking about it a lot beyond what you're required to for sure. the league. So. Yeah, as fans, we don't always know that Levante was going around at 70%. But, but this is where we come into the fantasy. Fantasy guys like to know the injuries. They would like to know, yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm learning. I'm grasping all yes, this knowledge. Yes, but be careful, Jeff, because it is part of the NFL's gambling policy for sure. employees. If you know some information about a player's injury, you cannot share that. No. So don't don't take this conversation to mean that, that we should be telling more. No, I didn't take it that way. I took Just it, be careful. I, I took it as... I took it as fantasy football people like to hear right, about injuries. As an example, right? I couldn't. I have a draft on Thursday night. Uh-huh. Well, if, then I'm not going to tell you what I know. If Rashad White was banged up, hypothetically, and it was, it was. I knew yeah. internally that it was worse than what people thought it was. And you utilized it to better I don't, your team. I, I can do that. I can help. I, I can't tell a friend that. Right. You understand what I'm saying? You phone a friend. Can't do. Can't it. tell them that. Okay. Have to be careful. Well, you don't have to worry about me and fantasy football. Well, guess what? The next question is partially about fantasy football. Oh, great. You'll like the rest of it. All right. Hey, dogs. Dogs. This is from Sam in Nashville, who I think has been a contributor before. 
Glad to have you back for another season. I'll be at the game against. By the way, this, this was yeah. sent, and we didn't get to it because we didn't do one last week. I'll be at the game against the Titans on the twentieth. So looking forward to seeing how all the young guys look, and hopefully see Brady play for a series or two. Yeah. Well, that obviously, you could tell he sent that question before. Two out of three Wednesday. ain't bad. The dogs are doing well. <laughs> we played in Nashville, and no, Tom didn't play. Sorry for the long email, but I have a couple of questions. All right. First, every year before the start of the NFL regular season, a couple of buddies and I get together to do to do 10, and he puts this in quote, bold predictions about the upcoming season. Wow. Last year I made a couple of good picks, like the Bucks would break their franchise regular season win record. True. True. 13-4. and four. But mostly bad ones, like Tim Tebow will be on the active roster for the Jags in week one. Phillip Rivers will play an NFL snap. I lost my spot. Before the end of the regular season, etc. Those yeah. things didn't happen. Okay. Especially Tebow really didn't happen. As soon as he had to block somebody, that was pretty much the end of his yeah. career as a tight end. Well, as soon as he went in as a tight end, it yeah. was, yeah. Can you each provide a couple of bold predictions that you think will happen this year? And I'll get to the rest of the question. In the league or just with the team? It sounds like you could do whatever you wanted. I have I have one of each. You have a league thing? And a team thing. Uh, my league thing is the Buffalo Bills are going to be in the Super Bowl. If you looked at the Super Bowl odds that the mm-hmm. whatever they call them the books are putting out right now, they might be the favorite. So I'm not sure we can call that a bold prediction. I go with what I know, but it's not bold. Ah, Cincinnati doesn't make the playoffs this year. Okay, I've seen that from some other teams, from other places too, and I get it. Uh, they, I just you just said a bold, and I'm thinking that's, about that's it, bold. And, that, and I think that they I, were in the Super Bowl and them not making the playoffs would be. Yep. I'm going to get into that a little bit with my bold prediction. And my other bold prediction is I think Cleveland wins five games. Yeah, well, they're going to have a quarterback issue. Even if he comes back. Well, they might have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to come back and be all-world the moment he comes back. We're talking about Deshaun Watson. And played in two years. Suspended for the first nine games. Okay, well, I'm going to get to my NFL one because it dovetails with yours, and that's that Baltimore wins the AFC North. So you said it wouldn't be Cincy because they won't make the playoffs. No. I like Baltimore this year. They uh, they were something like 8-2 and two before everybody in their entire building got hurt, hurt including right. the janitors and the, and the general manager <laughs> yeah. and, and the uh, chef. Seriously, Jeff, they there's were a site that good. tracks these things, yeah. and I think they said they were the most injured in terms of adjusted games played, which kind of – weights the importance of the players that got hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's like your third string tight end gets hurt. It's not nearly as big of a deal as if Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Right. So by that measure, they were maybe the most injured team they've ever seen in all the years they've been doing this, like 20 years or something like that. So they were historically injured last year and were still 8-2, and two, and then they lost their last seven games. But like four of those were by a field goal or less, including a couple that were one-pointers after their entire secondary and their entire running back core and Lamar Jackson were all hurt. And they still They played. still almost beat some of those teams. Yeah, that's good coaching. There was a, I think they got trounced by the Bengals at one point. Yeah, they did. It was big, big score. It is good coaching. It's a well-run organization. Lamar Jackson missed, a, like, the last five games. He's He'll be back. They, they'll have actually healthy people in their secondary and in, in their backfield, assuming they don't have another historic run of injuries. They, as they always do in the draft – plugged some needs perfectly with a safety Kyle Hamilton and and the center that everybody said was the best center in a couple of drafts just fell right in their laps and they needed that because yep. they let their center go in free agency. 
I think they drafted well for their needs. I think their defense is going to be better with health and with Lamar Jackson, who won an MVP just a couple seasons ago, and not just from running. He threw like 50 touchdown passes, maybe not 50, but a lot. Yeah. He, there's a lot of potential there. I think they need some more wide receiver help, but they might find that before it's all said and done. And I don't want you to think I'm dogging on Cincinnati. I just think that it's, you know. I agree, because Baltimore's good. Yeah, they, and it's a rough road, and they won games – where they needed to. Well, if, you know, y'all need to win them all, but you know what I'm saying. If Pittsburgh gets somewhat better play from the O-line and at quarterback, which is a big question mark, of course, because it's Mitch Trubisky and a rookie and Mason Rudolph, so we'll yeah. see. But Ben Roethlisberger was pretty bad last year. And they still made the playoffs. Don't forget that. Yeah. So that's a team in that Division Two. Baltimore's good. Cleveland, I agree with you. I'm not as worried about them, although they do have a lot of talent. Yeah. But that quarterback situation is bad. I just, I just think there's just so many different issues with with that team internally, and it's it's a hard go. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying it wasn't, but I just think it's going to be a hard go. It's a yeah. good thing they have a very solid fan base. Uh, I, I know they rattled the fan base a little bit with the moves that they've made, but you know, I only a I would say only a, probably a heritage club could pull that off. So. So my second bull prediction, which is Buck centric, okay. is that Antoine Winfield Jr. will be an All Pro this year. Wow! AP Associated Press All Pro safety, which means he will be considered one of the two best safeties in the league. Wow, that is. Now, I looked up last year the Pro Bowl voting, the All Pro voting. So it's like fifty votes total. Yeah. Fourteen different safeties got votes, including Antoine Winfield. You wow. got one. It's wide open, Jeff. The the all pro safeties last year were Kevin Byard and gosh, I don't even remember Poyer's first name. I think he's with the Bills. Maybe Josh. In other words, these aren't names that have the kind of traction you can't knock off like you know, like you were never gonna beat Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady last year. Right. right. But I think you can rise above the level of Kevin Byard and, and Poyer. Whatever his first name is, I can't remember. Right. He's already, he's already, I think, he's a pro bowler, Winfield. He was already, I think, rising into the level of elite safeties. And he's going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays this year. He looks fantastic. And he seems to know the game. He knows what he's doing. He knows what everybody's doing. He said, we've talked about this, but he said one of the big things he's learned is where his help is at all times. Mm -hmm. So he knows when he can abandon a part of the field to make a big play because somebody else will be there. Yep. More knowledge. I just think he's primed for a huge year. If um, the last game is any indi- indicator, I think Joe Tryon Shoyinka oh. is going to have a breakout year. Okay. Well, we hope he so. is going to be what what we were hoping he would be. I really believe that because he seems to understand the game much more now than he did, okay. and he's also getting opportunity to be you know to play. But if any indicator was uh, on, uh, and I know it's a back, he you know you're not playing your first starters, but you got to perform. And so even if it wasn't, if he couldn't play very well against their, if you want to say secondary guys, and he didn't play well, then you would say he's not moving along very well. But I I kind of liked what he's what he's doing, and I, I, I kind of like his attitude right now. So okay. that's my prediction. We should probably keep going because there's still a few more questions. Sure. In fact, there's one more from this we same plenty thing. Of time. Also, Scott, any fantasy sleepers that you're paying attention to, not on the box. So, Jeff, you can, like, check. I know you were just checking your email on your phone a moment ago, but yep. you can do it again, and it won't irritate me this time. Um, I was checking. I, I Actually, I was looking something up. So, what was it? I just wanted to make sure I said Joe's last name correctly because <laughs> I have to see it to say it. Shoyenka, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. have to see it. Okay. Uh, fantasy sleepers. Um, a guy – 
I think uh, Damian Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, rookie running back for Houston uh, from University of Florida, I think. Okay. Didn't play a ton, didn't get a ton of, of carries, but he's talented and he's looked good. And they didn't play him in their last, in their most recent preseason game, which you don't play the guys who already have their roles. Right. They played the other running backs they have, like Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. There's not a guy there that's an obvious every down back. He's talented. Houston's going to be bad. They're going to be bad. But you can still get some good fantasy production from players on bad teams if they're in the right role. And I just think this guy's going to get more and more carries as the year goes on. Huh. And and he's, his his ranking on ESPN is 108th, which means you would you can get him in 12-team league. You can get him in the like the ninth or tenth round. Huh. So he's he's a guy you only need to spend a ninth or tenth round pick on, and he could produce like a second running back for you. Look at you. Uh, another guy at the wide re- receiver spot that I think is undervalued. I don't think he's a great player. He got a ridiculously <laughs> stupid uh, contract from the Jaguars leaving Arizona, and that's Christian Kirk. He got paid like a number one receiver, like an elite, uh-huh. like a A.J. Brown or something. Sure? I don't think he's on that level, but he is going to be the number one guy. They're going to throw him the ball out. He might have like 70 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. Wow. You can get that guy with the 95th pick on average. That's like the end of the eighth round. Okay. Uh, and his, if his quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence, takes a big step forward, then maybe that offense will be better than expected, and he'll, he'll be the main guy. And then if you happen to be in a dynasty-type league, I like some of these rookie, rookie receivers, and I like Chris Olave. What is a dynasty-type That's when you keep all your players. So most fantasy leagues – I don't know if it's most, but you just redraft every year. Oh. You just draft from scratch every year. But in a dynasty league, they have all kinds of fan, uh, you keep complicated your, You roles. keep your team? You keep pretty much everybody. Oh, okay. And just add in, in from year to year. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so you can take a guy. You end up – because there's not a, that means there's not a lot of regular guys you'd normally draft in the draft because they're all on teams already. Mm-hmm. So you're taking young guys and hoping that in a couple of years will be good for you. <clears throat> Chris Olave, the Ohio State guy, went in the first round to the Saints. Um I still think Michael Thomas remains a question mark. Uh, I think Chris Olave could be their number one receiver by the end of the year or next year. And uh, if you know if Jameis Winston's throwing a lot of passes, that could be that could be a guy next year. It could pay off really big. Right. Um, I I kind of like Gerald Everett at tight end. Who you get basically at the very end of the draft. He's with the Chargers now. It was kind of a disappointment, I think, with the Seahawks last year. But they don't have Jared. Cook anymore? He could replace Jared Cook's stats, which were like fifty catches or something like that. He should be the guy, and he's with a great quarterback. But before I tell, I will say I'll stop there and say, tight end sleepers are fool's gold. I've tried to hit him a million times, I never hit him. So don't listen to me on that one. Take a tight end early this year because there's only like five good ones. Take one in the second or third round and just be done with that position. There, that's my advice. Moving on because uh, Jeff is about to fall asleep. I, no, I just find it fascinating that you're that into it. Well, and, and not one time, not one time was there a piece of paper or a notebook or a phone looked at. You were just talking straight fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't fall off the stool, so I'm happy. What's our next question? Um, okay, what's our next question? It is, by the way, if I didn't say it, that was Sam in Nashville. And he also yep. said, this was before, this was sent before we went. He said, I know you both said you like Nashville food. If you get a chance, you, you need to go to Hattie B's, the best oh, hot chicken in the area. Yeah. I've heard that before. I didn't get a chance. Yeah, a couple of people did go down to, okay. to Hattie B's. But after I had smack your mama's chicken, that I didn't eat it. That was enough for you? Yeah. Okay, this one is from Michael Gizzy. I live in New York, in New Jersey, and I've been a fan since the mid 
90s, and I got season tickets a couple years ago. Yay. I fly down for a couple games every year. I always thought that was cool when somebody did that. Sure. It doesn't live here, but buys yeah. season tickets and then flies down for a few games, but then probably just resells the other ones. Right? right. Or gives them to friends. Right. And last year, I went to four games, Cowboys-Giants, oh, yeah. both playoff games. It got me thinking, what were the loudest moments in Raymond James Stadium history? For me personally, it was seeing play, playoff Lenny in the game in the playoffs. The atmosphere when he scored was nothing like I've heard in the stadium before. What would you guys put the revenge game against the Rams or the f- first kickoff return for a touchdown or another game moment? And, Jeff, I think we talked about this a little bit beforehand. Yeah. He said your answer. Yeah, he did. Because I, 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 you, you said to me, hey, I got to – I, I wanted you, to give you a little heads yeah, up. Yeah, I don't. I know you don't like to hear the questions, but you really need to hear this one. And that was that was one of the ones I brought up. Um, I also think um, when Michael Spurlock uh, did the kickoff return, well, you brought that, that up. Yeah, yeah, that we were sitting here, that was good. Jeff is um, much better to answer this question because during a game at at Raymond James Stadium, he is in an open booth. Yes, and I am in the closed press box area, so he hears the the crowd a yeah. lot more. than When I, I can't hear myself, I know it's it's, yeah. and also you. This is going to sound weird, but you can feel the crowd noise. If you you feel it, some stadiums they tend to shake. A little yeah, well bit. they shake, but it, but you in your you, chest. Yeah, in your chest, you just feel the that reverberation. Yeah, that. Oh. Um, so, Mike, you did a pretty good job. He here did because, a great job because you mentioned the game last year, which Jeff said to me without reading your question was probably his answer. Yeah. Um, you, I, we both thought of the Rams game. That was the twenty. There was a 2000 amazing Monday night football yep. game, the shootout with the Sean King pitch play uh-huh. and Warwick Dunn's three touchdowns. Um, probably the best regular season game in franchise I, history. I, I think also any game in, in, the, in the late 90s when it was the Green Bay Packers in town and you had the Sap Farb battle going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, those games were always, you know, Johnny Lynch getting a pick at the, you know, to seal the deal. In that a was game. the Rams game. Well, well it could also, have been a also a Green game Bay too. game too. They did call him the closer. Yeah, um, just th- those those matchups were always very the intense. ones that, the ones that came to my mind, and maybe it's because back then I was in an open booth. I was in a different rider. We had a special booth for rider uh-huh. near the fifty that we've since lost. But, yeah, um, which is now partly my booth and partly the coach's booth. <laughs> it's not mine anymore. Uh, so. Wow, something just changed in this Yeah, year. it just popped up. And, wow. Yeah, so I've good. been hearing myself muted the whole time. Yeah, and you're always muted to me, but continue. Um, I, the ones that I remember probably are the, the home playoff game. So I guess it would be 99 against Washington and 2002 against uh, San Fran. Mike and we had the battle to, flags. Yeah. Oh, yes. And it was not just the sound. It was also all the waving of the mm-hmm. flags. It was extremely cool. And we still do that. We did yeah. that. Do we have home? Yeah, we did have home game last year. We did it last year. I do have to say though, the Super Bowl win against Kansas City for only twenty five thousand people loud there. For, it yeah. was very not loud. only that, but it wasn't necessarily exclusively Bucks fans no, either. That's not no. what a Super Bowl crowd is. Correct, and it that, was impressive for the amount of people. Around. Yeah, it, either that or those styrofoam bodies were <laughs> waving, were making noise in the breeze. I don't know. All right, all right. Um, that was so, good. Salty dogs. Yep. With Gronk retiring, any chance we see Dave Moore back at tight end? <laughs> you, have to ask, well, you have to tell him something. Yeah, well, that. it's funny. We were teasing him about it that, that uh, you know, he's like a decade uh, too late. for. It. Someone asked him about playing now compared to when he played, and he said that if he was, you know, if he got paid like they get paid now, he wouldn't be in the broadcast booth. He'd be out on his yacht. <laughs> but uh, Dave What do you mean? He's an time. insurance mogul. Yeah, yeah. He, he played 15 seasons, so – 
Um, okay. so, you know, I will say this. That was a joke. I, I got that. But I will say this. He, he, he still watches the game and studies the game like a player. And he takes notes of the game. Well, of course, it's his job to do it on the radio. There's a lot of people that don't do that. You'd be amazed how many people just go by what they're seeing rather than I know actually he, knowing what they're seeing. I know seeing. that he makes an absolute effort to know everything going on because whenever I do my hit yep. for you two hours before the game, he yep. always comes in and puts on the set of Yeah. Because he's not around all week during. Correct. So he has another job. So he's not around one or Advent Health Training Center all week. And so that's basically what I'm mostly talking sure. about. Sure. He wants to, he wants so he to just gets up, a little bit Yeah, more gets a little nugget of something that he didn't know about. Sure. Um, so the, he says that this guy is Stephen Larson from Amarillo, Texas. Uh-huh. I think the key to the season, besides staying healthy, is the play of the big men on the offensive and defensive lines. You sure. can say that most years, sure. other than also having a good quarterback. Yeah. Let's go undefeated. I don't know about that. Yeah. No. Let's go three and one in our first four games, and I'll be happy. Mm, boy, I would be. I, I I would be happy two and two. Because be that's a hard satisfied. I don't know what happened. Well, okay. It's at Dallas, at New Orleans, Kansas City, and Green Bay. I You're, mean, that is a gauntlet. You are you, you yeah. And the interesting part is, that's not the end of the season. Yeah. But it may it may make you feel like it's the end of the season. Well, if you if come out of it three right. and one, you're going to feel great. I sure. Mean, obviously, you want to be four and zero. Oh, but right. if you come out of it three and one, mm-hmm. and you've just done the by far the hardest stretch in your season, you feel great, right? Yeah. Well, he says, "What really? The question, I guess, is what really happened to make Bruce retire as head coach? That's Stephen Larson from Amarillo, Texas, and we must have called it. No, it's Amarillo. Amarillo. It's Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. I must have conjectured that it should be called Amarillo, Texas, in a previous episode yeah. because he says, or I even just flat out said it because it, P.S. It is not Amarillo. Yeah, which we spell all my exes. So it's Amarillo. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Um, I think. I mean, I kind of feel like it should be. I Amarillo. think there's a George Strait song about Amarillo, Texas. It means yellow, doesn't it? I don't know. Yellow rose of Texas. I don't know. Um. Okay. All right. I, what, what's the real thing about? I don't. I don't understand why everybody refuses to. All right. It's simple. What Bruce Arian said is what happened. I know, and and it's like <laughs> nobody's willing to no, believe that because it's because. If you don't know Bruce Arians and if you don't follow along the history of his interaction with people he worked with and how he tried to, if you look at his coaching staff and start looking, they were either they coached with him before or they were players of his in, at, when he was at Temple and some other places. So he builds relationships and he builds trust in people. And he got to a point where – he wanted to make sure Todd Bowles got his due and was in a position to do it to succeed. I think it's pretty clear that after he came back, he's he's up there in years. Sure. He came back out of retirement, and um, obviously the Bucks won a Super Bowl and, mm-hmm. and then had a great 2021. And I think at some point he started looking for the right time to go back into retirement, which is still – or not retirement because he's still working. Sure, he says he's here. To go back. To step down. He was looking for the right time. And like you said, he, he wanted to have a succession plan, in this case with Todd Bowles. He's also hoping, of course, that Byron Leftwich gets a shot somewhere uh-huh. sometime. And he helped him. And people forget what a proponent he is of, of, of people having opportunities. Yes, he wants the guys he knows are good coaches to get their chances. And Todd Bowles was getting, would be getting a second chance as a head coach in the NFL. Um, you know, he, he, I think he was in New York for four years, mm-hmm. five, four. Yep. So it didn't, you know... It, 
the Jets weren't awesome during that stretch. They had some good and some bad. But now that you look at the <clears> way they didn't they, have a good quarterback situation, right? And if you look at the Jets after he left, he did a phenomenal job well, compared to what. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are they? How many head coaches now? Three more. Three head coaches since then. <laughs> so, know. but they didn't have a great quarterback situation, and so Tom Brady retires. Right? He says he's going to retire in late January, and Bruce Arians remains the head coach, and then, then. Tom Brady decides to come back and Bruce Arians is, and this is the story he tells us. And I don't understand why it's so freaking hard for some people to believe it, that he's like, okay, now, now this, I can turn over this team. And obviously the owners had to approve and hire Todd, but they clearly did. Right. I can turn over this team to Todd in a situation where he can succeed rather than in a situation where he's hamstrung by the fact that the team doesn't have an answer. They like at quarterback. Correct. That's why he decided to do it then. That's the story. But in this day and age, there's always there's always the yeah, sure, wink, wink. I'm sure there's something. So no matter what you say, you know. Well, there are some there are some of the stuff that has been talked about that later there was some evidence that there was some stuff there. But I don't know. There's no yeah. evidence of this. Hmm. It's just conjecture. That and and just people understand he's still around. He was in Tennessee. Yeah. He he's was working on, with the quarterbacks. He's working with uh, he's he's walking the hallways. He has an office here. So he's at practice every day. Yeah, he's working with the quarterbacks a lot. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. It is our. It is of our opinion. You can choose to believe us or not. Sure. That the story of what why Bruce retired as head coach is exactly the story that Bruce mm-hmm. gave. Last one from our friend in Sao Paulo. Hey, uh, Alexander Nascimento. Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well and rocking. We are, are. rocking. I am. We've been rocking this podcast for a long time now. Uh, yeah. Well, we have to. Okay. He's it, Ryan Jensen. He is hurt, but we can't put him on, on IR now because he would lose the entire season. Is that correct? So we are waiting on August 30th to make him one of our 53 players, put him on IR, and then he could return anytime after six weeks. Am I understanding this process correctly? All this because we believe that his injury is not that severe that it would cost him a whole season, right? Since he did, thanks for reading. Basically, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple details to clean up here. I don't think we know for sure yet. If Ryan Jensen can come back, I've seen some rumors. Yeah. I don't know if we know for sure yet if Ryan Jensen can come back this season or not. But, yes, if we are holding out that hope, you have – in order to be – you can now return from injury reserve. Last year was done limited. This year you can have up to eight players return from the reserve list during the regular season. Uh, but you can only do that if you are on the 53-man roster – after the cuts. From the beginning. You can't put – if you put them on IR now, like we do with Aaron Stinney, mm-hmm. they cannot return. They're done for the year. Yeah. If you want to hope for them to come back, you, you're exactly right, Alexander. You keep them through the 53. Then you put them on injury reserve. And it's actually now four games, not six. They reduced it from six to four. Oh, okay. And they increased – no, I'm sorry. They increased it from three to four. It was three last year. They reduced PUP from six to four, so they're the same now. So whichever reserve list you're on, you have to miss a minimum of four games. Yeah, There's generally a period in there, if you're going to try to come back right after four, where you can start practicing with the team so you're ready to go. So, yes, that is how it goes, but it's now four weeks. You are understanding the process correctly. That is a very common thing that teams do. It just makes things a little more complicated in that cut time because you have to save a spot sure. and cut somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you cut somebody that you're hoping you can get back. Yeah. And then you re-sign them the next day. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That's how it works. All right. You all right? We're going to find out because we're 
what three weeks away? Well, from cuts? No, no. The cut to fifty-three is a week from today. Yeah, but it, but you're not on the roster until you play the first game. Yeah, but right. The, can you, but can, but, you, but do, the, do you, go ahead. The mechanism we're talking about here is next week. Okay, it's when you cut to fifty-three. You have to be kept to the subsequent. It's not, it's not the same. It's not a fifty-three that you have to keep the whole. No, time. just you have to make it through the cuts to fifty-three. Okay. Yeah, then there could be all kinds of changes. So it's it's a week from today when this will go down. All right. And the fact that they haven't put them on the injury reserve list certainly gives you some some hope. Right? Pause for thought. Yeah. All right. All right. That was a long one. Yeah. And part of the reason is we got lots of questions, so keep them coming. You can send us questions. Jeff, you told me you were going to remind me to say this at I the know. top, and you didn't. I forgot. Uh, you can send your questions to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Yeah, and some some fun, exciting news is going to happen during the regular seasons. The Salty Dogs will uh, not only are you able to hear it on the Buccaneers app, but you're going to be able to hear Salty Dogs on Sirius XM. So if you have satellite radio and you're in your car, you're going to be able to hear us. It's part of a whole, whole of It's a Buccaneer channel. Different, different yes. Buccaneer stuff. Yeah, it'll be five-plus hours of a week of week. content, and uh, Salty Dogs is anchoring it. So there you <laughs> Are go. Are we really anchored? <laughs> I don't know. It but makes I, sense thematically. Listen, it sounded good, though, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Okay. I'm all going right. with that. Cool. When we get into negotiations in our new contracts, that's what I'm using. So, all right. Since you did, you done? Yeah. Okay. Since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>